podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Johnny Hayes was back at Celtic Park this weekend and back providing assists for the hoops as he bizarrely fired a clearance off former teammate Callum McGregor to secure all three points in a narrow win against Aberdeen. The boys also fell just short of a momentous Europa League result in Germany last week, but the signs are there that with the right reinforcements in January, this team of Angers could be headed somewhere pretty exciting. This is episode 47 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Miff and Paddy to cover all things Celtic. Miff, one loss and one win in the last week, how do you think it's all going? Hi Tino, hi Paddy, hello listeners, uh, I think it's going well, I think it was, I mean if MD was um, conscientious enough to pay attention to my, my predictions, they would have known what was coming, um, and that was a narrow defeat and a narrow victory, so um, yeah, pr- pretty much as I expected. Um, I, you know, the, the Leverkusen performance was was excellent, all in all, but just made frustrating by the manner in which the, the defeat came around. You're winning 2-1 with, with half an hour to go. You should see it out. The, the changes then exacerbated that feeling of frustration because, the you know, you felt that the changes were made at the wrong time and weakened the team unnecessarily, you could say. Um, I am of the opinion that I think Ange is very aware, especially around Kyogo. Um, just how much football he's played and he's just continually trying to freshen up he's already made mention a few times that he's asked a fairly small pool of players to continually go to the bell so in the context of that the changes were, were understandable but undoubtedly had a, a major effect on their ability to win the game so um, no I feel all in all th- things are going well but pretty much where I expect this to be we're close enough in the league we're, we've done well in our European um, campaign but no, I, overall I'm happy yeah, that's all fair enough. Paddy, I haven't seen you since we congregated in a small Irish bar in the popular <laughs> German city of Dusseldorf uh, a few nights ago. How did you find that one, first of all, as well as the, the one via Aberdeen on Sunday? Uh, just a big shout out to um, Dusseldorf for accepting me. <laughs> for allowing you to stay <laughs> in their city. Uh, for allowing me to stay there. Um, I've finally just got my voice back today, so just in time for coming on here. Uh, great trip with you, um, and many more to come, I'm sure. Um what a what a great three days! It, it was a it was a really good game. It was a, a very Celtic performance in Europe that I'm proud of. Um, I, I'm not too worried about the fact that, that, that we lost those goals. I think um, given the energy that we put into the game, you know, even when they equalised, it was quite a blow to what all the hard work that they had done. So these goals happened. The changes happened. I don't think hugely they are um, to blame for us losing the game though. Um, I think that everyone comes on and yeah, you know, maybe do a bit more and keeping the ball in their final third. But you're playing against a top team uh, who, to be honest with you, they, they weren't at their full strength and, um, and they actually looked fairly com- comfortable at most points anyway, bar, um, bar our, our second goal. Yeah, I mean, they're third in Bundesliga at the moment, so they're a very decent side. They're just behind Bayern and Dortmund. So you're up against a real solid European side there, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely think we, we did give them a match, but... They, they were looking to just ramp it up in the last 10 minutes probably knowing that our legs were maybe going um, and yeah they got their, they got their just rewards yeah. I, I'd have said that the way in which Johnson Abad and Ajay played would have been similar to what would have happened had I went on or did I see used to would have went on absolutely <laughs> pissed I, 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 absolutely but <laughs> what, what I'm saying to you is on that sorry you've got me there um, what, I'm, what I'm saying to you is on that though is I don't think it would have done much as regards like those changes bringing those players on I don't think would have changed much of what would have happened to our backline. The pressure was still continuing to go, and it just shows a, a, a bit of a lack of depth in those positions. I, I, I would I would agree with the lack of depth. You know, it was it's a point that I think so many people have made so soon after the, the game. It was very obvious, obvious and very evident. But the you know there was a few things for me just like as yet he's done well to hold the ball, and then instantly gave it away. Johnston's just had a chance to shoot and no took it. Abada when. Carter Vickers had done excellently in the last minute to work on my crossing opportunities. Just like, I mean, that was genuinely one of my crosses. Just kind of like scuffed it and hit the first defender. And it's just, you know, stuff like that. that that's what I mean. That these guys, like Johnson, like Ajeti, like, less so a bad because it has made an impact. But, 
you know, that to, to me that was just a, a chance. You're, you've got a free hit at it. Just go and go and yeah. do something, and and they've just no, no taken it and they've no done it. So, you know, we're, we're asking we're asking a lot of the what is clearly the, the preferred starting eleven. Um, who would have thought that Beaton Ganoff would have been regarded as as such a, a blow to the team because um, he he was playing that role very very well. And and McCarthy coming on, you know, still there's still suspicion he's he's a wee bit off it, but yeah, for for me, just a right opportunity missed. That was that was mm. how I felt. Right opportunity, but very, proud of the performance, yes, yeah, yeah. you know. But just oh, what what a, what it, a fill up that uh, been for us just to, just to hold on. Certainly felt like an opportunity lost, but I do agree. You know, on Paddy's point, yeah, but you know, we were certainly weakened by the subs. We still gave up some good chances when we had the the full team on the park. That double save by Joe Hart. That's when you get your full, full right. guys out and you've, right. got, you've got away with a couple of things at different times as well. So I think just sometimes I'm on board with Paddy's message about you've just got to be accepting of where we are and also to an extent enjoying what's a, a really decent performance. We still have a fair bit to go. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been heard it for the boss's mouth at the end of the game. He, he, he said that we're not we're not at their level and that that's just the, the black and white of it. I, I do think that if he sees that, and we get the right support and the right players do come in the door because it is still early days um, in this tenure. And I, I think that that's when you're going to see us actually, you know, rubbing shoulders again in that sense. Um, I thought it was a good performance for yeah. us. What we'll do, I mean, there's certainly a lot of plus points. So we've covered the subs and, you know, how that didn't quite work out for us. But let's talk about, you know, some of the real highlights. First up, Matt, that Juranovic penalty kick. What about it? Well, I mean, Juranovic taking penalties is always a positive for me um, so. a point that has been well laboured on the podcast previously I dig it Angela uh, no, listen I, I dig it whoever decides that uh, the person who's not your best penalty taker is <laughs> taking penalties <laughs> um, you know fairly fairly simple rule for me um, not Juranovic uh, how's your how's your bottle yep. how's your bottle um, he's he, he's gallus you can see that just in the way that he conducts himself in the park. He's he's fairly and about it, fairly vocal. Um, I like him. Uh, there, there's a lot to like about the way he goes about his business. He's clearly got really good technique as well. Mm. There's still that nagging feeling with him being played out of position that we're, we're kind of missing <laughs> getting the best out of him. I agree. Um, and it's it's almost like a, it's quite tantalising to see what he would be like with a, a proper run. Giving it right back, albeit that again, another labour point is how good Ralston's been and, and deserving to keep me starting place. So, um, no, Juranovic for me, just excellent to see somebody with that confidence. And, and again, I think that's a, it's called a byproduct to the environment that's been created by the, the squad and the, and the manager, and that bodes well. Um, and also showing a good bit of fight to come back for conceding an early goal as well. You know, when you, when you think about how the game panned out, uh, you know, he wasn't doing that with the team. 3-0 up in the last minute mm -hmm. he was doing that in the, in the heat of the battle yes I mean it's a serious pressure penalty you know that you know ultimately if we didn't take any points from Thursday night we were out but despite the you know like fairly kind of raucous home atmosphere and being one nil down and under a bit of pressure Celtic couldn't get out for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is you then get a chance and to have the I don't know use whatever words you want character audacity whatever to go and do that I thought it was phenomenal the other thing about his penalty kicks so he's now 3 for 3 for us I think his first one was Betis then St Johnson then Leverkusen they're all going in different areas mm. and that's just impossible for a goalkeeper or, or his coaches to study you can't say Juranovic is their penalty taker mostly <laughs> when it's not the other guy uh, you just wouldn't know where to go with him and I just thought it showed something a wee bit different something a bit special yeah it's, it's character um, and I agree I agree with Miff I think there's um a very confident player there. He's confident in his own ability, confident in his own technique. And I think that, like, like what Miff said, I'd love to see him out in the right. Um, I, do I think he's doing an okay job? Yeah, I think he's limited at the left. Um, but again, no through any fault of his own. I'm, I'm very excited to see eventually him move into the right, uh, the right side of, of the defence. I'm, I'm very, very confident that if that's the calibre of player that we're bringing in, if we can match that all over the park, because I still think there's a few few positions that could be up at that level as well. Yeah. Um, so it it's, looks good. Yeah, and I think also that's what Andrew's doing with his post-match comments. He's just trying to temper things a bit by saying, we aren't at this level yet. We're building something. We're making progress. You can see some of the quality we've brought in. But, you know, I think he used the term that 
one window, one transfer window was never going to cut it. So we know that we're going to build in January and hopefully we get more guys of a, a similar ilk. Second, you know, huge talking point, of course, is the, the brilliant second goal on the night. So phenomenal interlinking play from Hart with a kick out, Forrest with the back heel, beat on with a drive and run, uh, who did have a really good game, if I totally agree. Uh, and then Kyogo showing the savvy to find Jota before he rifles at home. Paddy Annie choked on my breakfast and my tall, cold <laughs> glass of wine, Stefan. Uh, has that one hit the net? <laughs> it was... Um... <laughs> it's a ridiculous ridiculous bit of play from us um, even to the point where like when, when I watched it the next day I actually had to say hang on a minute was that us? was that us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was ridiculous yeah. the back heel from Forrest I mean my god we've missed him yeah, I mean, I need to concede that uh, James, James has certainly <laughs> come back and, and shown, he's just shown what a, what a difference he can make. And I suppose it brings us on to Abada, um, and we'll maybe, you know, tie this in in a moment to to how he fared against Aberdeen again. He's just a man off for him, you know, and, and whether that's starting games as he done on Sunday or coming off the bench as he did against Leverkusen, he's just not at himself and that's fine. He's a mm-hmm. young guy, 20 years of age now, um, you know, wingers, inconsistent, new country, you know, throw them all in the mix there. It's fine for him to be off the off the boil, but we need to just make sure that we're protecting him and, you know, whether it's slotting in Forrest on more occasions or something else. But, you know, Abada's just not quite doing it at the moment and James Forrest has shown his levels. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think um, to be shown in a, a slightly poorer light than James Forrest is no, you know, that's no um, no issue for, for mm-hmm. Abada because what it does show Abada is the level that he'll need to reach to be an effective Celtic player because yep. James Forrest has set, set that standard you know he regularly assists and scores in games and in big games so no I, I mean listen Abada has come in and made an impact yeah. early doors um, probably asked a bit too much of him uh, uh, er, early doors I, I would say but the, the future I think will be bright for him but yes as I said mentioned there when he came off the bench really tentative kept a ball in that was going to be our throw and it was a deflected ball and he tried to keep, keep it in took a bad touch mm-hmm. I think that actually led to a, a concession a chance a, a really good chance yeah, for them yeah. um, and then that you know the opportunity had to, to kind of put a decent ball in the box or even drive into the box and the very last kick of the game he's, he's not taken so those, those wee things annoy you, in the, you know when you're, when you're watching the game but when you take a step back and you think what he's achieved early on in his Celtic career he's, he's been you know, more than more than pass marks um, for me anyway. Yeah. I still kind of want to go back to um, our second goal from the other night, but yeah. talking about a bad idea, I, I, I agree. I think he's, um, I wonder if everything's just kind of coming come thick and fast for him in the sense that he's um, he's learning an awful lot, a lot a lot of new ways of playing, mm-hmm. how an inverted fullback is going to play up alongside him. It's not the standard runoff around the side always. Yeah. And I think that you can kind of see some, some points his game, um, especially yesterday, he didn't know where to be positionally uh, in a positional basis, and I think that that that's all right. That's going to come. That's going to come because if you're a good player and you're playing and you're training with good players, eventually it clicks, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think he, he he will be that player that's going to be right. We're resting for us this weekend. We've got a bad in. I'm feeling comfortable with that. I still mm-hmm. do, to be honest. I still think that you know he's for what he's done so far this season. Um, it's, it's been a lot, and yeah. I, I still think he'll be learning under Ange how to, how to, um, how to accomplish yeah. uh, himself in that position. Yeah, exactly. And also, just if you know, to give him further defence, he's playing him and Anthony Ralston are, are operating on the right hand side. Where actually, if you look at the amount of senior games of football the two guys have played between themselves, it won't be a lot. You know, I need to check the stats, but the two of them are finding their feet in senior football. Abad has obviously made a good start in his home country and, and got the move. And yeah, I've no concerns. He'll go to you know bigger success here at Celtic and possibly beyond. And you're right, Muff. He'll learn off James Forrest. He'll learn off Jota. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'll learn off Mikey Johnson because he's the top winger at the club. But he's <laughs> going to um, he's going to improve. And I think there's there's no great concerns. Just to go back, Paddy. Obviously, you want to cover the second goal, which you're absolutely right to do. So, so can I come with that? And we'll, we'll finish off on the the Leverkusen chat. And I think he's going to be a, a take a big chunk here a, a night um, tonight. But Jota, first time finish. I mean, it's. It's exactly where you want it to go, across the keeper and hits the side net. Yeah. Brilliant goal. Brilliant I think, goal. I think as well, this, this is going to sound like the most obvious thing I'll ever say, but I've, I've covered things like this before. When that chance falls to Jota, it's just a difference in quality by having a player of his calibre. I know we've not paid the big money for him yet, fingers crossed. Mm. 
But if that falls to somebody else, is it a Jetty, is it Johnson, is it whoever, you just don't, or you, you certainly, you're, you're rolling the dice as to where it'll end up. It could go over the bar, he could sclaff it. He hits it perfectly and the goalie has zero chance and it just shows the difference when you've got a player of that quality and there's no one on that part you'd rather it fell to than, than Jota. Well, outstanding. Quality is exactly the word to use. Um, that is what he is, that's what he produces. And in, in big moments as well, but but his general all-round play as well. He, he also appears to be really deceptively strong. He's a strong the, lad. The, the, amount of, the amount of players that seem to be bouncing off him it, it happened in the, the Aberdeen game as well. Um, he just At first you're thinking, oh, he's just getting the break of the ball, but it seems to happen so regularly. It happened against Leverkusen in the first. I think Frimpong bounced off him a good few times as well when he was doing a few of his mazy runs. So, no, I, I, he's just such an exciting talent and, and the fact that we've managed to I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, lads, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but I, I'll be very, very surprised if he's playing Scottish football next year. I'm similar. The, 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 body, yeah. the body of evidence that he's produced, wait, you know, if somebody sees him and says, if we play him regularly, because nobody's done it before, mm. if we play him regularly and accept some inconsistent performances, the benefits are going to be, you know, very, very fruitful. Yeah. The only thing I think that keeps him there is if we win the league and get into the Champions League. There's that car, isn't it? It's a yeah. real chance to go and say, you will play all of these group games and that's a real platform yeah. for you to kick on. That said as well, his agent isn't doing his job if he's not saying, check these recent highlights of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know. And that's just so his hair. It, it could be a challenge. <laughs> exactly. Um, maybe we stick a wee Mikey Johnson mask on for the rest of the season and just get, a, get on it someday Dino, else. Dino, can I just cut? I know you're the host. Do you want to talk about Mikey? You've mentioned him a couple of times, your son. Do you want to get in half your chest? I'll let it slide for now. But, but yeah, listen, his time will come this season, so we'll, we'll get back to that later on. Um, just in terms of Leverkusen, so just to finish off the conversation there. So, yeah, two brilliant goals, particularly the second in terms of, you know, from open play and, and just how we we finished that one off. But in terms of Ange's approach to the game, so obviously there's been a lot of criticism, particularly around the subs. I mean, just looking at the subs on paper, you're replacing Jota, Forrest, Kyogo and Beaton, who was very good in the night with Mikey Johnson, Abada, Ayeti and McCarthy. It's just obvious there's going to be a drop in, in quality, at least at this moment in time, till these guys find their feet. And, you know, there, there's no doubt it's going to weaken the team, but I wonder did they have half an eye, you know, first of all on Sunday, because we all agreed last week on the show, myself, Muff and James, Thursday was good and it was one to look forward to. Sunday was the be-all and end-all, and, and that's what the, the league is for us this season. Absolutely. I mean, I think you can tell by the, uh, the general attitude of the two people in the room that were in Germany compared to the one that watched it on the television, yeah. um, that their view of the game is just slightly different. Of the ones who are full of the steins and uh, <laughs> you know full of the joys of the yes. German hospitality are like, ah, okay, sorry, we're no, we're no at Leverkusen's level anyway, but ah, we had a lovely time and it was brilliant. Watching us <laughs> chuck away a lead uh, in the last half hour of a game that we'd worked so hard to keep, you know... Uh, Almost as a result of the changes that we made was was really frustrating. Um, I don't own a cat. Um, if I did, it would have been kicked. And sorry if any animal lovers are listening. I've got a cat, but mate. So we'll talk about that later. We've just lost that sponsorship. So it was it was just incredibly frustrating. Uh, but again, when you take a step back, it it's very very obvious. When if you, you take Koyogo off and put a jetty on, your team is weaker. Yeah, fact. If you take a bad off, or sorry, Forrest off and put a bad on, it's weaker. If you take Jot off and put Mikey Johnson on, it's weaker. So that's just a fact. McCarthy for Beaton probably less so, but in terms of how that actual game went, Beaton was playing extremely well. The team was settled into a rhythm, and then McCarthy going on disrupts that. But I, I still, I still don't think McCarthy's fully banged there. I, I know he had a better game against Aberdeen but I still I, I, I don't think that's you know that's not really a, a comparison because it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be getting worked as hard as, as it would be yeah. getting, I mean the pace of the game how he's been asked to play is yeah. different so um, yeah I'd, listen definite progress being made because we have went there and despite knowing that we would be under huge spells of pressure we've still came out of that game I mean I, I think back to watching Celtic teams playing away in Europe under, you know, under Alexa Strachan, even under Lennon, rear guard action, mm -hmm. very few chances, you know, relying on a set piece, which you do get from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the away record was generally, generally 
really, really poor. You can look as recently as Sparta Prague last year and the fiasco of that. But even at that, I mean, we went, I mean, we scored goals in Milan, we scored goals in uh, Lille, so, and that was when the team was playing poorly. Yeah. I just think there's, there's a bit more about us this year and it's, it's frustrating that we seem to find a way to shoot ourselves in the foot. That is a very Celtic thing. We've always kind of done that. I, mean, I remember the worst the worst one recently in recent memory can you remember Utrecht mm-hmm. uh, what, Van, Van Wilswinkel was it um, Ricky Van Wilswinkel um, yep that was that was bad you know we'll forget some really bad <laughs> away uh, defeats on our on our CV but when you think of the way we've played when you think of just in general play I mean that, that was much much better but yeah. You know, football's all about winning. And just, the way we managed to lose that game was just so frustrating. Yeah, I just think Ange knows how important tradition is at Celtic. And, you know, if we always make an arse away from home in Europe, just the way I come in and, and rock that boat. Now, I mean, my final question to you lads on <clears throat> on the Leverkusen game is, you know, we could spend a bit of time on Ange's system and and the approach and, and the lessons that he learned from Thursday night. But actually, he is so steadfast in his belief in his own system. I think we now know and accept he won't change that. If he's if he's playing Leverkusen again next week, aye. he's he's doing it exactly the yeah, same way. Aye. And I think his response to that when queried is that, yeah, I could, you know, park the bus and take a short-term approach, but what do we learn then? Mm-hmm. And how do the players learn? How can they get better? So if they've only got six group games in Europe, you know, if you park the bus for three of them away from home, are you going to be that, that much better the next season? Or do you build it and instill that mentality and add better players in January and you're better for it next time around? The only thing I would say on that is that... <laughs> It's kind of the same approach that Rodgers had and we get some absolute hidings in the yeah. Champions League under Rodgers. And, you know, part of me likes to see is get the glamour result, you know, against bigger, bigger teams. But we're in a competition where we should be doing okay. We should be doing all right in the Europa League. We're the, we're the toughest group, in my opinion, out, out of most. Um, and done all right, I think because this team is relatively new to take the risk and go and play the way he wants to play I mean can it be applauded I'd say yeah at this season next season when we've tightened up and we've got a bigger team does it then possibly look at how do I maybe protect that lead a bit better I, I don't know I don't know I just think back if we're going to be in the Champions League potentially next season again I don't want to watch teams take six, seven office. Yeah. I don't want that at all. And maybe Angie's kind of phase two, you know, if when, when we get to that level next year, we'll look very different. His personnel will certainly be different and maybe his approach. I mean, I think there's just no doubt about it. We've agreed in the past. This is the Andrew roller coaster. This is what we get. There's yeah. ups, downs and all sorts of stuff in between. Uh, I mean, looking for a you know a bit of a silver lining. So obviously we're now going to match day six with nothing to play for against Betis. Does it give him a chance to try something different? Maybe Juranovic at right back, as you say, Miff, or, or maybe bring in scales or, or just shake it up a wee bit? The evidence would suggest not. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really seem to be that way inclined. He'll just play his strongest team whenever he gets a chance to. There'll be a, a small bit of tweaking. Um, I think probably the Livingston at home games burnt him a wee bit with that because I think Kyogo. he thought, I can, I can rescue go and stick Giacomacus on, we'll create enough chances, and we didn't. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's fundamental. The way we play Kyogo is just fundamental to that. Um so as far as I can see, he's going to play him every single chance that he gets. I'd, it's a hard one because if, if there is a game to do it, it's that one because it literally means it means nothing. But then by the same token, you know, Celtic Park will be full. Yeah, the expectation will still be there. Everybody says that oh, it's a nothing game, but when they turn up and they get behind the team, they expect to win. Yeah, you know, if you then play a a B team or have a lot of um, guys haven't had a lot of game time on the park yeah. they, they could very go overwhelmed or overawed very quickly so I, I think it's a balancing act uh, will he make changes I'm, I'm not so sure he will yeah. I, I wouldn't want him to I think it's still good exposure for these players to play against a higher level and you, you want to keep them learning keep them practising this system for getting into the Conference League as well because we've got Albania next, next May so we need this to get ready true, for that. I was going to ask a question. I mean, obviously <laughs> the, the Conference League involvement is good, so we'll have that to look forward to post-Christmas. A final in Al- Albania yeah. for you and I and James to look forward to, Miffy, you fancy that trip? Yeah, uh, you'll get back to you that one. <laughs> you've, got, you've got plenty of time to work that one out. But yeah, I think just having that European involvement, and you might be right, Ange might want to further develop these players and ensure that they're in a better position for when the, the conference stuff comes around. So yeah, maybe throwing in 
untried players in a game against Betis maybe isn't the move but we'll see time will tell how that plays out what we'll do now we'll move uh, back to Sunday's game against Aberdeen so um, first and foremost all about the three points again and not the prettiest by any stretch but I think we, we thoroughly deserved the points do you? Yeah yeah I, I thought we dictated the game to be honest end up a couple of couple of moments we just looked a wee bit tired and a couple of like, lazy passes but uh, all in all we, we deserve to win yeah I mean Miff do you worry sometimes that again you know the, the possession stats are always strong in our favour and, and, and we're absolutely dominating these types of games do you think we're relying too much though on a bit of you know Jota Magic for example you know I think he's 8 goals now 7 assists Kyogo not quite on fire last couple of games about 13 goals 3 assists and if we're not having you know if Jota has, if Jota has a bad game are we in a wee bit of trouble at times yeah I think that's a fair comment there seems to be a pattern emerging wee games at Celtic Park where teams are, are, are happy to sit pretty deep um, I think it was it was quite notable how Aberdeen's mindset changed when it went to 1-1 they, they became fairly negative almost like it was in the last half hour of the yeah. game rather than the first half hour of the game so yeah. um, teams teams are, are, are fairly well drilled in, in what they need to do against us to slow us down mm-hmm. break up the, the rhythm of the game the tempo because what you can see is we're at our best when we we just get to keep the ball for that prolonged period of time and, and, and try and get in behind teams so um, I, I feel having seen enough Games at Celtic Park this year is that stifle is the is the word to use. Teams that are coming to stifle us um, to make it as uneventful as possible. <laughs> uh, but th- then it's it's down to us. It's down to us to do that. I, I take your point about it's those moments of of Jota magic and Kyogo ma- magic that are, that are making the difference just now. Undoubtedly, a bit of luck yesterday, but that comes that comes for going and, and, and shutting the ball down. You know, as much as you can call it bizarre and unfortunate um, for Aberdeen's point of view um, it comes when there has been a, a sustained period of pressure and that, that, that pressure is just built and built and built so um, you, you make your own luck in, in football um, dare I say extremely unlucky to concede a penalty mm. um, from a dive so all in all you know, absolutely no qualms with the fact that we, we deserve to win that game um, very interesting narrative around us at the, at the minute um, when you read reports on, on different websites around how we were lucky and yeah. you know you can sometimes actually think you, you were at a different yeah. game when you read the reports it, it, it's bizarre um, there does seem to be this this need to almost make everything seem like it's been laboured and, and hard work when, when really what you've seen with your own eyes has been very very different yeah I think Ange himself said that you're right, it was a fortunate goal, but we've made our own luck, we've worked hard, we've pressed, we've we've created the chances, but they had the post and stuff as look, well. Look at the goal, look, look, look at the goal, it's a great ball for McCarthy. It was act- a brilliant ball, I, I, I've and, watched it several yeah, times, it's yeah. real class. And actually, we, we've spoke about Abada being off it, it's great movement. And, and that, to me, that is what Abada brings, yeah. he just has that, it may only be one moment mm-hmm, in the match, mm-hmm. but it's generally pretty decisive. Well, yeah. absolutely, and it, it's led to what's happened. Um Listen, I've seen enough scrappy goals that go and win the games and, you know, c- can go against you sometimes yeah, as exactly. well. So, no, you take everything. Um, I think what annoyed me yesterday, and I totally get that we've, we have came through quite a, a long 90 minutes. After that goal, it just, you know, there, there was points in that game yesterday we could have slowed ourselves down, calmed it down, composed ourselves, and then batter on and try and get the, um, the third kill the game. I just noticed there's actually... We, we were just too too slow um, at certain points I just thought it's a, a bad pass away or maybe a mistake away from them maybe getting in here when in a game that they actually didn't do too much against us like you said they kind of sat in after after getting their equaliser but it was also a couple of times as well I'm going away from the slow side where we were getting free kicks we got a free kick in the 70th minute and without even kind of placing the ball looking up and seeing who he was going to put it into David Turnbull just ran over to it, glanced and uh, ran, uh, swung it in to no one, to no one. Yeah. And you're just like, slow down, calm mm-hmm. it down a bit, take your time here. I just, small things like that are, is, was he tired? Was it, the, the body language, he kind of looked tired when he was kind of running over to the ball. And yeah. I'm just a bit like, just the, these players need to learn just to kind of slow it down at things like, like that. And yeah. It's part of the whole game management thing, isn't it? We talked about it in the post-match about how, 
we're lacking inventive uh, or creativity when it comes to the set pieces at this moment mm-hmm. in time. Look at Turnbull's example of his own free kick in the, the first half, maybe 25 minutes in. David Turnbull facing the wall, nobody around him, nothing for the goalie to think about. He knows Turnbull's hitting it. So where's the, you know, can we even put a decoy guy there and you yeah. know, give the goalie a, a question mark? And Turnbull just cracks it right in the middle of the wall, not the top of the wall, not no. around the wall, right in the middle of the wall. And you're thinking, are we even thinking about it? Are you just oh. saying, who fancies this today? Yeah. And then when it comes to corners, are we just sticking it in an area and crossing our fingers and, and seeing what happens? Just, just on the point of Turnbull, I think it's, um, it would be remiss not to mention his involvement in the first goal, a lovely lofty ball for that McGregor. Ball. And, and, and McGregor's, the weight of McGregor's pass is just, just for Jota just to perfectly run onto it. So, the, the, he, Turnbull has that in him. He is willing to try different things at different times. I was glad to see that it was back to that yesterday because I've been critical of him in home games not doing that. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's that he's attempting these things is is a good thing. Um, I just think McGregor's got more to offer going forward. I know probably part of the his role overall role in the team is is to sit a wee bit a wee bit deeper. But mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. just demonstrates that you know he is he is a dangerous player in around the box. He's two footed as well. You yeah. know he regularly hits shots with both feet. Yeah. He, to me, he's just. You know, he's just handy to have up there in and in and around the box because he's always like liable to pop up with a goal. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to come to a question about Callum McGregor. So yesterday was his 350th appearance for the club, so great numbers, uh, an assist and a goal. You know, we'll give, we'll give him the credit for the goal because he's, he's worked hard to get there. So an assist and a goal uh, on such a momentous occasion. You I'd, know, I'd certainly want the credit for the goal <laughs> for half men went in. If you take the grief <laughs> for it, um, I was going to ask you know how you think he done overall on Sunday. I also mentioned to you at the time, Paddy, on Thursday, I thought he was quite poor on Thursday against Leverkusen at times where he had, there was a real opportunity towards the end of the first half at one each. But I, I can't remember the numbers, Matthew, you've been watching it for the comfort of your own home, but it looked like we were three on three or three on two. Yeah, Do you right. remember the one I'm talking all about? Right, all right, you know. <laughs> he took the wrong pass. He had yeah. a real yep. chance and it was really frustrating. He did a couple of bad passes. But listen, he's up against a solid midfielder on Thursday. It's a, it's a tall order. Mm-hmm. My question is, so... You know, do you lads prefer him in the more advanced midfield role, so up alongside Turnbull like he was yesterday, or do you think he is better in that number six where he sits and just dictates the play? I mean, there's a question, you know, maybe going into Thursday, it looks like Tom Rogic is going to be fit. Could we go McCarthy, McGregor, Rogic? Uh, yes, we could, but uh, Ange seems to really like Turnbull. He's played and, him in every single and has game. And has him, to be, I was just going to say, seems to have him in the team at every opportunity. Yeah. On Cal McGregor, I, I'd just like to say that for me personally, I was never convinced by him. Um, early doors, I have to say, um, when he was playing under Rodgers, I used to think, mm, I'm not quite sure he is actually going to be a Celtic player over time. I'm happy to say that he has subsequently proved me wrong. <laughs> um, probably more so for the way that he, he's conducted himself the past couple of years, more than anything else. But um, I have no doubt he could have probably been away last summer uh, and also this summer yeah. or the summer just passed and he stayed and showed that he's up for the fight and sometimes as we know history will tell us we get guys like McStay sometimes it's the ones that stay in fight that don't get lauded as much as the ones that have, have yeah. kind of ran at the first sign of money so um, you know Cal McGregor for me you know and again another point I've made I seem we could call this a review um, edition the night the one thing I've said before is that as much as Kyogo was missed when he was injured, McGregor was injured at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was missed just as much because for the way that Andrew wants to play, whilst I would like him to be further advanced because I think he's a threat, for the way that Andrew wants to play and the amount of times that McGregor shows himself available to build the play and start the play and take the ball off the defence and, and play those intricate passes, which in some games when it's nervy can look like the most difficult passes to play when it's just five, eight, ten yard passes into the inside channel, he's quite comfortable doing them, just shoving the ball in, doing a give and go and taking you another 10, 15, 20 yards up the park. Yeah. Just, he, he really, for me, under Angie's just, he's blossomed even further, in my opinion. And his his importance to Celtic has just grown with every passing week. Yeah. What about yourself, Paddy? Um, I know you're a big fan as well. Where do you prefer to see McGregor play? So, I, th- um, I think he's good going forward. I really do. Um, I'd love to see him stay there. I would. However, I think that that he he gets pulled back in his old position a bit in this in this setup that we have, um, whether that's maybe you know playing with someone like um, McCarthy yesterday who is still kind of getting there with the looks of it. I actually thought he did do okay yesterday, but not really under a lot of pressure. Um, 
just the movement from McGregor suggests that he is coming back almost as if to say, no, this is how you do it. This is how I would do it. And one of the things he does so, so well from bringing it from the back is, is that it's all very quick. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball off the defence. He gets it out his feet very quickly, but he moves. He moves straight away in order to make sure that there's an avenue for another pass. He doesn't hang back the way um, McCarthy or Beaton does. See, he's making that angle for the next pass for the player and he's he's so good at it. Yeah, I think McGregor has got an urgency and a, a kind of dynamism about him, mm-hmm. whereas McCarthy plays like how sometimes if you've ever had a game of sevens and you've maybe had lasagna for it. Yeah, you're sitting up the back. And you're like, I'll just get a chest out and just kind of yeah, he argues about it, play it back and just move it away to the side. McCarthy seems to constantly be playing like that guy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, come on, He'll play there, must, there must be another bit of oomph to come out of this, but, yeah. but there never really appears to be, it all seems to be just that sort of half, three quarter pace that when it's, when you've got time on the ball, it looks great, but yeah. then as soon as you're under the merest bit of pressure, it seems to it could be a bit like, right mate. Show some that that's how I'm feeling about McCarthy. And I think um, I'm 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 just I'm no I'm no convinced. I know he had a decent game yesterday. Yeah, I would expect him to though. Absolutely, I'm, 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 no, I'm just no I'm no convinced. I think the Aberdeen game was really important for James McCarthy. A couple of reasons psychologically, that's his first ninety minutes for the club. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, he's not played a great deal of football. That's only his actual uh, his involvement in his fourth league game for us, or fourteen games, and he's only been involved in four of them. Uh, Paddy, you mentioned that I thought his. Quality for the the lead up to the second goal was was really impressive. He rolls a foot across yeah. it, sells the, the defender a dummy, and plays the perfect weighted pass for a bad. And it's a wee glimpse of what he can do. And I actually think he'll take a lot of confidence confidence from that. And I really think he'll kick on. He's not Callum McGregor, but nor does he profess to be. They're just different types of footballers. And I think at times you'll need different guys for different roles. Yeah. And I think his fitness will certainly benefit from from the game. But I also think his confidence. Uh, absolutely, and uh, it was a great ball. And it was a couple of times. I think. He's, he's got the killer pass on him, but I, I think that what uh, Miff and I are possibly trying to say that someone like McGregor does take it and just drags it up and expects his two centre-halves then to come in and fill in, or two inverted f- full-backs as it's going at the moment. He drags the play up and he does it so, so well. But I would also love to see McGregor be the the, the key into, like, from that that holding mid to bring it into the, the middle behind the, 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 the two strikers because I also think that McGregor's got that killer pass into the likes of Kyogo or our two wingers yeah. too. I think um, we are saying Paddy's we really need two Callum McGregor's <laughs> so if we can just yeah. go for that. Um, <laughs> I tell you what's an interesting watch if you watch the you know the unique angle that Celtic often put out after the weekend mm-hmm. of the, the goals watch the unique angle after McGregor's goal so they all go bombing into the corner to celebrate and Ralston's always up on top and it's good to see and they're all in it together. See as they're walking back, watch out for James McCarthy coming and have a word with McGregor and he's really quite forceful about it. The mm-hmm. message looks like something like we need to keep it tight for here or something, you know, about, uh, you know, kind of showing up what we're doing. But it's interesting that it's McCarthy that's dictating to McGregor. Now, you know, they're all, you know, experienced footballers and they should be able to speak to each other in a way. Yeah, yeah. For me, it looked like McCarthy was very much taking the lead with it. And I thought it was good to see as well because James McCarthy has been, he's quite a, I think a fierce competitor, certainly the, the McCarthy we know of that we've seen in the Premier League, and he's not quite brought that to the table. But I just thought it was very interesting the way he addressed McGregor in a respectful way. Babies kind of pull and rank a wee bit, and it's interesting to watch out for. Yeah, I, I mean, given McCarthy's experience, you know, the teams he's played for, the level he's played at, I think that would almost be kind of maybe not expected, but it, it doesn't surprise me that 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 would be going on. You know, I think he would feel like. Regardless of whether he's wearing an armband, armband or not, he would be a senior member of any squad that he joined, whether that be Celtic or another team. Um, but again, I mean, McGregor, for me, there was doubts about him as a, as a captain. I think we, we expressed those doubts. Oh, yeah. Didn't yeah. seem like a leader. But to, to me, he's, you know, he's exactly what the, the team, the squad, the club have needed to navigate through this mm-hmm. early stage of Angie's tenure. So... No, I, I don't. I don't know really if if anything. I think that's a good thing because you you need those. You need more than one captain in in the squad. Yeah, and I think yeah. with Joe Hart there, with McCarthy there, we we did we did need those types of characters. Characters, one thing, but you, you need ability on the park. And, and and for me, McCarthy's Celtic career has just taken too long to get off the ground. We 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 don't really. You know, we've given him a three year contract. I I just I just like to see a bit more from him. That that's all that I'm saying. Um, 
you know, his ability is undoubted. He is a, he is a class act, but yeah. we, we need we need more from him on a more consistent basis. Is it not four? I think you're right. I think it's a four-year deal. Uh, four year. But regardless, four so, year. Sorry, oh, mate. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. Get me my boots, man. Get me my boots. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think Come back he's, he's definitely got more to, more to bring to the table, and I think he will bring it to the table. So, you know, we'll revisit this one in a few months' time. <laughs> but I also think you're right about the leadership point. We laboured on it last year because when the chips were down for Celtic and they were really down, we looked around and we had Bruni, who was flagging a bit, and Callum McGregor, and they were your only real leaders in the team. You didn't have a Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, George mm. O'Kenny getting away corners for the halfway line. God. All that kind of stuff. So now all of a sudden we've got a couple more leaders in the dressing room and I think that's got to be a really good thing. So let's see how things fare for James McCarthy. I hope he gets an odd on Thursday against Hearts, but we'll see what Ange decides to do. One last thing I'd like to touch on um, about the game against Aberdeen was Aberdeen's approach to the game. Pat, I don't know your take on it, but I thought they were... So, so negative. Listen, they're under pressure. They've now lost their last three league games. I think they've got two wins and 16 in all competitions. Stephen Glass is in a precarious position at best. But I just think the approach they took in terms of from the first half, every free kick, every corner, every set piece, they were taking all the time in the world. They were going down at the merest of, yep. of you know contact and different things. And it's actually what we've kind of come to expect now. Dundee United have done it. St. Johnson have done it. Livingston have done it. And actually, I don't even know why I'm mourning about it, because it's their job to overcome that, but it is very frustrating to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, people just like watching a game of football that flows, but if you're up against teams that, you know, go down at the slightest touch and, you know, that are just want to kind of break down the play and, and, and hope for the draw, and I think Miff called it when they got their goal, um, that's when all of that really ramped up. Um, but it kind of brings me back to, like, when we get the second goal, just do it back to them. Just do it back to them. There's too many teams that hit us with that. Like just slow everything down then, uh, and uh, on our terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, when when we're in the lead, um, yeah, it's negative, but it's a sign. Uh, it's a sign of respect that the. I suppose it is because in, in full flow we can be you know seriously devastating for yeah. any team. So I think that one key tactic is disrupt the flow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And at the end of the day, that is the prerogative of the the visiting team, whether that be Aberdeen or, or anyone else. Mm. Um, just a couple of other small things for the game. One was um, Ramirez bundle into heart was borderline for me. Yeah, I, I, I've struggled to find a good angle on it. Doesn't seem to have received a hell of a lot of uh, sort of attention. Neither has Bates' dive, for what I can see. Mm. Seems to be almost like oh, it was a penalty. It was yeah. a penalty. Um, the other thing is, and it's been bugging me for weeks, these daft chip boxes, uh, chip balls into the boxy. this we stand-up ball Aye. that we seem to play into every keeper's hands. We've done it all season. All season. And mm-hmm. it's just giving keepers confidence when they come. It doesn't matter if it's an easy cross. See if a keeper comes and plucks three in for there in the space of 15 minutes, yeah. they naturally feel more confident because they've come out claimed something. Don't give them the chance to do it. Put the ball in my pace. And you've got a keeper the size of Joe Lewis as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, well w- one of those chip balls was from Juranovic. Again, we've spoken about this, but he's not an actual left-sider. He finds himself in space down the left. He's not comfy crossing mm. and inevitably ends in the goalie's hand. So maybe that's something that we'll just need to accept while we're going with Juranovic and Ralston, but it may be improved if we get somebody more natural on that left-hand side. Is that you done, Muff? You seem to have a few things yeah. to get off your chest. Was there anything else? I've got one last wee thing. <laughs> Go for it, sir. It's, <laughs> the, the, it's the talk shop, lads. Get it all off the uh, chest. Uh, um, I can't wait for Carlos Starf- Starfelt to get back in. Um, I like Welsh, yeah? Nah. Do you nah. know? I do. Uh, uh, nah. Like, even just come back to Leverkusen, that's way taking away back to you. Know, but uh, that double save from Joe Hart. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Stephen Wells right. is standing watching him. Yeah. And then applauding aye. and celebrating. Like, oh, well let, done, Hart. You've, you've done it all here. Let yeah. in the house. Aye, 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 very good. Aye, all right, all right, lads. All right, I, I wasn't even the suit off for Lazar's cousin. It's interesting because there is mention that there's a few guys returning. So apparently, Taylor's not far away. Rogic has been uh, labelled as, as fit for Thursday. Mm. But nothing doing on Starfield just yet. It seemed quite an innocuous hammy. Or Julian. And Julian. So. Is this the 26th of October? Celtic Exchange podcast. We're seeing, we're seeing about these players coming back all the time. I know. Yeah. What about. What about Oh, I need to say, you mentioned his name, poor Greg. I was watching the advert GD. and I, I was thinking, he's not in it, he's not in it, he's not in it. And then there he was in his leather bomber. It made you Christmas, didn't it? Supporting uh, Jota, superb, <laughs> superb. I'd see how chuffed he was to be playing that guitar. Amazing. What would you prefer, quick question, Ralston and Juranovic right and left back or Ralston and Taylor? Or Juranovic and Taylor? Yeah. What's your first pick? Juranovic and Skills. 
Ach, that, that, that was uh, mystery option D. <laughs> <laughs> the box, the box. No, I would I would say probably Juranovic and Taylor, probably. But 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 again, that's so harsh on Ralston. I'm going with the status quo. I like what's going on just now. I think it could be better. Could always be better. Anyway, that's enough Aberdeen and all that chat. So moving on, looking forward to, we're just about to get into December and it's a hugely important one. So we've got no less than nine games uh, to take care of between now and the turn of the year. That is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Scottish football, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So seven league games, one Europa League, obviously the, the dead rubber against Betis and one League Cup final. How important, Muff, do you think this month could be in determining the success of our season? Very. Um, didn't they pull for a final ticket? Mm, sorry, report. See, see what I can do anyway. for you. Um, I know a guy. I, 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 knows I, I, guy. I know a guy. Yeah. You um, know that guy. <laughs> so, I it's a uh, it's pivotal to be honest with you, um, because it, as much as a lot of good work's been done to this point, it could very easily slip away. Um, I think it's it's just key. You know, the, the team seem to have their they're eyeing the prize, they, they know what's at stake, they're, they're focused, they, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of effort into every game, I, I don't think we can we can complain with what we're seeing on the park, um, it's just, we, we need to be mindful, we, we can't really afford any slips, no. and after going into the run that we've been on, what you're actually looking to do is do that again, um, and I, I think that's going to be a big ask, but uh, what I would say is, you know, I think every team's in the, the same boat. There's, mm. there's, there's going to be ups and downs. You mentioned the, the Ange roller coaster. The season's just going to be like that. It's going to be up and down. So, no, absolutely pivotal. Um, and, and who knows? We, we could be we could be getting into Christmas with a bit of silverware um, in, in the cabinet, which would be a lovely, lovely thing. I think it would really validate the kind of uh, the decision to bring Ange in and, and, and support him. But I, I think it would put even more focus on I, I don't want to just skip over December because of the amount of games that we've got. but I think what it's shown and Leverkusen um, really highlighted this is January so important for us and by all accounts it could potentially be double double bubble because we could begin to strengthen while our, our main rivals could be could be severely weakened so um, for me that, that that's that's going to be pivotal as well it's, it's not just the results that we get in December but it's then what we do in January because what we do have is we have, I would say, 95% of fans on side with Ange. Mm -hmm. And if the board, given the other issues that are going on just now around the board, if the board don't back him, all the good work's got to be for nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'd be amazed if they don't back him. They will really be shooting themselves in the foot, but time will tell, I suppose. It's a pivotal month. It really is a pivotal month. I think that, um, you know, if we are still... I, I don't think there's a slip up this month. It can't be. But if we're still like there, thereabouts, or even if we're, if dare I say it, we, we're we're top of the top of the table, then January is huge. You go and push, and you go and make sure you you, you win this league. Um, if we win the league cup, absolutely brilliant. By the way, I, I just think from where we were last year, um, and to go and claim that that trophy again, and just kind of kick off, which could be a potential treble, and we get those players in in January. It, could be a great five months and dare I say it to, to rebuild the team in which we've we have had had to do this season and where we're sitting at the moment and how we're looking and how we're actually all feeling about Celtic now is has been absolutely brilliant but this is a huge huge month for them and it's going to be it's going to be tough because the depth still isn't there it really isn't um so we just need to just need to go with it I like the term roller coaster but it's the Ange train yeah, and it's train. non-stop <laughs> and are we talking trebles already Paddy? why not why not <laughs> might as well <laughs> so we've got these seven very very important league games to look forward to in December um, if it starts with Hearts on Thursday night how tough a game do you think that's going to be they're just behind us in third albeit we've got a game in hand yeah yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game um, I, I can't see Hearts centre stall any different to Aberdeen and Hearts are probably a better well they are a better team than Aberdeen so mm. um, that invariably makes it a, a tougher game um, what Hearts do have is is some some decent quality in the attacking areas in between the likes of Boyce, Woodburn, Mackay, Stephen. Um, so yeah, listen, it's, it's going to be a tough game. I just think what what doesn't change for us is, is the way that we go about the game. We, we try and move the ball quickly, get in behind them as often as possible, and and 
try and keep a tempo that, that we're happy playing at rather than falling into a tempo the opposition are trying to dictate. Yeah, I also think if you're going to win leagues, you need to beat Hearts at home. That's the bottom line. Uh, absolutely. Um, they they had a bit of a start in October um, after the, all the title talk that they were receiving, but they've actually kind of dusted themselves down and steadied the ship a wee bit. There's some good results for them. Um, and they're still there. They're, obviously, yeah, we've got the game in hand, but they're still there. And the, Nielsen, Nielsen will, ha- will have them ready for us on Thursday. Yeah, it will be, but it's, a, it's another one to look forward to. So Thursday against Hearts, Sunday against Dundee United. So let's hope for six points there. Uh, last point in the agenda for tonight. Uh, tonight is the Ballon d'Or ceremony, Miff. Surprised you're not there, being such a, a figure in world football. Um, <laughs> but Messi is looking to pick up his seventh Ballon d'Or award. But is he simply keeping the trophy warm for Jota? <laughs> um, maybe too soon for that more importantly tonight's the back, back to the treble talk more importantly is the Scottish Cup draw there you go of course it is right? so it's after <laughs> is it breaking play uh, Darvel Darvel uh, tonight so we'll see how we get so we can yeah. look forward to that and we'll report on that as soon as we can so Paddy as we start to wrap, wrap things up for uh, tonight's show how are you feeling as we head into this busy December yeah I'm, I'm feeling very optimistic I think um it's, like I say, it's going to be a tough month for us, but I just think there's a good mood about the camp just now. Um, the fans are on on side with Ange. Uh, the football has been good. It's been a tough month, November, for us. Um, but that's uh, 10 unbeaten in the league now as well. Um, so long may it continue. Yeah. But for yourself, you equally op- optimistic about how we'll come through the, the nine games? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we're, we're finding a way to tough it out. That's the most important thing. Um, we could see at the start of the season, we could win games with style. The question mark was around when the going get tough, but we've got to find a way. It seems to be we more consistent or consistently we're finding a way now. Um so that makes me happy. Celtic winning games makes me happy. You know, Celtic getting to cup finals makes me happy. So long may it continue. And with being happy makes me happy. So yeah. there we go. As you try to pull it back after a kind of <laughs> Lord not me the fact you were in Liverpool. I'll take it, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I never said I loved you. <laughs> I know you did, but I man. really love you. I know you, you don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell me. So league trophies aren't handed out in December, but you can be sure that picking up a majority of the 21 points available between now and New Year will go a long way to determining how this season plays out. That run starts with Hearts at Celtic Park on Thursday night, but with Tom Rogic back in action, is there really anything to be worried about? My thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me today and if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to share it far and wide with your Celtic supporting friends. It really makes a big difference to what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for listening. Podcast Network.